Hi there, I'm Keaton. Thanks for checking out one of our messages today. We would love to get connected with you and your family. One easy way that you can do that is by texting River Connect. That's one word to the number 97,000. You can also head to our website, theriverchurch.cc, to learn more about us in upcoming events. Lastly, if you want to give to the River Church, you can text the amount that you want to give to 84321 or head to our website and click the Give tab. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Got the thumbs up back there so you can hear me. I don't know if you would not hear me if I didn't have the mic on. I tend to speak loudly anyway. So, man, uh, we've been walking through, as you see, the series in Revelation, and uh, we are coming close to the end of our series. Uh, I think we only have like two weeks left this week and next week, and we'll be wrapping it up. And uh, as I was preparing for the message this week, uh, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them to Revelation 21. That's where we'll be at. And as I was preparing for the message this week, I realized, man, I don't know if we've really hit the, the highest part of this book yet, the, the, the climax, if you will, the most exciting part of the book. And you might be going, what are you talking about, Pastor John? I mean, we hit tribulation, we hit all that happens in there, the judgment day, the wars. Yeah, that's not very climactic, right? That's really heavy. And so I was preparing and trying to figure out a way as I picked this passage and as we were walking through this to really help us see things we have to celebrate, right? What, what is in the scripture, what is in this book that we have that we can celebrate? And so as I was thinking about what it means to celebrate, I started going, hey, well, we like to celebrate like birthdays, anniversaries, right? I mean, who doesn't like their birthday being celebrated? I mean, some of us might not like it, right? We forget. We, yeah, I see a hand going up over there. We, we stop counting at 26. I get it. I know how it goes. Uh, but, but we celebrate our anniversaries or, or we celebrate milestones in our lives, right? And, you know, I was preaching at a recovery and it's always awesome. Uh, our Tuesday night recovery in Waterford, uh, before the gathering, they, they allow people to celebrate how far they have come in recovery. Some people, it's two days, some people, it's 16 years, 20 years, five years, all these different milestones. We celebrate them. We're like, yeah, go for it. That's awesome. And we encourage them, right? And we also do the same thing with our career or education. I mean, we celebrate kindergarten graduation. Now, I don't know why we do it, but we do it. We celebrate these kindergarten graduations, right? Uh, we celebrate them graduating from grade school. We skip middle school for some reason, and then we go right into high school, and we celebrate high school and their graduation from high school. And we, we say, way to go, way to accomplish that milestone and college graduation. And if you go after that and get your master's degree, we celebrate these things. In your career, we celebrate things like uh, job accomplishment, right? Like if you got a promotion, your family gets together, they celebrate these things. So we, we have a lot of things to celebrate. In fact, I was looking online, this is hilarious, I was looking at all the little things that we might not even know are holidays that we have, and you can go to this website, timeanddate.com, and look up the holidays. Guess what holiday today is? There's a holiday for today. You guys didn't know this? Well, listen, if you're a left-handed person, today is your day. 
If you're a left-handed person, today is your day. It's left-handers day. Today, today is left-handers day. So if you know somebody that's left-handed, man, celebrate them. It's the day that was made for them today. You keep going and tomorrow, guess what? This is one of my favorite. Tomorrow is creamsicle day. I want everybody to go get a creamsicle tomorrow, okay? Because I didn't know if you know this or not. And Tuesday's even better, relaxation day. This is legit. You can go online and look, these days are there. We, we like to celebrate things as humanity, do we not? My favorite is next Sunday, chocolate pecan pie day. I knew that would get a reaction, right? Chocolate. So we know, I know what to expect. We'll be having a gathering afterwards with chocolate pecan pie next Sunday. No, I'm just kidding. But we like to celebrate things, do we not? Do we not? Yeah, humanity likes to celebrate things. And as we look at this passage in Revelation 21, I think I'm going to be able to show you three things that we have to celebrate as God's children as we walk through this passage. Things that are way more significant than maybe even our birthdays, anniversaries, or milestones. And so I want to share that with you this morning. Let's read Revelation 21, beginning in verses 1 through 8. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Let's pray, and we'll walk through what we have to celebrate in this passage. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I just ask, as I always ask, Lord, that your spirit would lead and guide me. Lord, help my words to be clear, concise, and exactly what you would need me to speak. Lord, I pray that the hearts of people here watching online or here in the room, Lord, that you would prepare their hearts for the message and what we have to celebrate in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As I look at this, I see three things to celebrate. The very first thing that I see in this text that we have to celebrate, and you'll see this passage kind of divided into two segments. The things that were passed away, the former things, and the things being made new. And the first thing that I see that we can celebrate is this aspect that sin is no more. When we look at this text, one of the things we see very clearly, clearly articulated in verse 4, the very end there, he says, the former things have passed away. 
In Revelation 21, we're seeing the culmination of what's happened. We saw the war of the two kingdoms, right? We saw Christ reign and then the final battle. And here, after the battle, we have the judgment seat where I explained last week we stand before the Lord. And then we have God coming in and making sin no more. That's something to celebrate. Sin no more. There is no more sin. I want you to see this. You see the passage just before that. He says he's going to wipe away the tears. I want you to think about that. There's no more tears. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more death. Hey, that's something to get excited about. Is it not? There's no more sin. The hurt that sin causes in our lives. And I don't know if you have any hurt. I know I've had hurt. I've hurt people and I've had hurt myself. I don't know if this is something that you can relate to or not. Most people can because we are sinners. And when we have sin, guess what? We have pain, suffering, and misery. We have hurt. I love how this passage gives us something to celebrate here when he speaks of what the Lord God himself will do. He'll come down. He'll wipe our tears. He'll, he'll, we'll, we won't mourn anymore. There will be no more mourning. He speaks of the former things that have passed away. The prophet Isaiah, if you jump to Isaiah 25, 8 and 9, he says this specifically as he talks about this day of celebration we have. He says, he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach, that word reproach is our sin, our iniquity. And he says right here, and the reproach of his people will, take, will be taken away from all the earth. That's something to celebrate. It's okay to get excited and go, hallelujah. My sins are going to be gone forever. Hallelujah. This is not something that we just go, oh, yeah, that's really nice. Mm, Thanks, Lord. No, no. This isn't like pecan pie Sunday. No, man, this is something to get excited about. This is something that we should be absolutely celebrating as believers in the church. The sin is no more. Wow. Isaiah continues, he speaks of this passage many times in the book of Isaiah, this idea of what we have to celebrate, the things being removed. He continues in verse 9, it will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, that he might save us. This is the Lord, we have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in our salvation. What is he saying there? Hey, we've got something to celebrate in the work in the work of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. And we see the culmination of what he's done here in Revelation 21 when he literally comes and he wipes away our tears and he takes away the suffering and pain we've experienced through sin and he says, listen, it's gone. He even says there in the passage, it is done. No more sin. That's something to get excited about and that's something to celebrate. As we look in more of Isaiah, Isaiah 35, 10, he again addresses this idea of our sin being no more. And the ransomed of the Lord, the ransomed, we talked about this last week, we're guilty. We owe a debt to God because we've sinned against him. But yet Jesus steps in and says, no, I paid that price. I paid the, the cost of that ransom, if you will, the ransom of sin. And he says, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return And come to Zion with singing. 
Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy. And sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Man, we have something to celebrate. We have something incredible to celebrate and look forward to. What we're waiting for, the coming of the Lord, the day when sin is no more. Wow. Maybe you've not remembered that or maybe you've forgotten that. It's easy. I know I can forget that. The faithfulness of God. We even sang about it this morning. The faithfulness of God. So often we get stuck in tunnel vision, so to speak, and we forget about what we have to celebrate as believers. One of the main things we have that we can look forward to, the day when Christ comes and he sets things all right and he puts away sin forever. As Isaiah continues, I think it's in Isaiah 42, I want to read this whole passage to you, 6 through 13. He says this, I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you I will give you as a covenant for the people, a light for the nation, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. Paul puts it in these terms, such were some of you. We were in a prison of darkness, that's called sin. We were blind, we couldn't see. And here as he continues in this text, he says, I am the Lord, this is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise from the end of the earth. You who go down to the sea and all that fills it, the coastlands and their inhabitants, let the desert And the cities lift up their voice. The villages that Kedar inhabits, let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them shout from the top of the mountains. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the coastlands. This is what, what Isaiah is telling us to focus on in a way. We have something to celebrate. As we look at what has happened, as we look at the whole book of Revelation, it's all about Jesus We come to this passage in Revelation 21, and the first thing we have to celebrate is as we look at this, the passing away of the old, the sin being removed, and is no more. That's something to get excited about. Hallelujah? That's right. The second thing we see as we walk through this and we look at this text is we see God, we see God renewing his creation. We see us becoming his sons in verse 5. And he says this, and he who is seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. I'm making all things new. He also said this, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he says, it is done. Of course, this is in the aspect of the dealing with the sin. He is the alpha and the omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And then he says to the thirsty, I will give from the spring of water of life. And I'll give it to them without payment. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the hope of Christianity, if you will. That's the hope that we put in God's word. Verse 7, and as he continues this, he says, The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be his God. And he, and this is such a profound statement, he will be my son. You can put daughter in there too. It's okay. (laughs) It's totally okay. Son and daughter. 
right? Like that's what he's talking about. We are adopted into the family of God. We have something to celebrate. We're his children. And I know that's hard to fathom. Children of God? Are you kidding? Do you know who I am? Like, man, I screw up so much. How can I even be close to being called a son of God? Well, there's a day coming when our garment, our body, this sin-ridden body is washed clean and we have a new garment that's put on us, one that's perfect, spotless, pure, that doesn't have the taintedness of sin in it. This is the hope and glory that we are waiting for when we enter into God's presence, that we're not walking into it full of sin We know that's gone. We also know that we are washed white with a new garment, a new body, one that is perfect in so many different ways. And not only that, he sits there and he says, you're mine. You're my child. I love you. Welcome to my family. Come on in. Come to my home. I will be with you. John 1 speaks of this. In John 1 verses 9, this is when Jesus is born, his birth. He says, the true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. We have something to celebrate. I want you to think about that. We have something to celebrate as God's people. We get to be called the very children of God. And I know that's sometimes hard to fathom. Man, that's like the biggest birthday celebration I think we would ever have. Hey, we're all coming into your household, Lord. You're taking us all in. Let's have a party. I can just see the Lord getting excited about all of his people, his children. I mean, think about this in human context. You've had kids leave, and when they come home, Man, how excited do you get as a parent when your kids come home, right? Or your grandkids. Like this is something we get excited about and we we cherish when they come home and we spend time together with them. Here in heaven, we see this moment where God calls us his son and he says, hey, my place is with you. Wow. As he continues in this passage in verse 13, he not only calls us his children, and this is really the the key of the gospel, he says, those who were, were not children by birth, Those who were born, not of blood or of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but were born of God. And the word became flesh, this is the speaking of Jesus, and he dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the Father, Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel message. This is Jesus coming in the form of a flesh for me and for you, so that we have the right Someday, when we believe in his work, when we believe in his name, to become his sons. Paul speaks of this in many different texts. I'm only going to pick a few. I have many here. In Romans 8, 12 through 17, Paul speaks of this aspect. So then, brothers, we are debtors. There's that aspect of judgment. The day we stand before the Lord, we are debtors to our sin against God Not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. That's something to celebrate. The sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. 
The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs and heirs of God, uh, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. What's Paul speaking about in Romans? Hey, we have a heritage. We have something to celebrate. We, ha- we have a, a, a co-heir, if you will, with Christ. This is hard for us to even fathom and, and really put into context. Like, wait a minute, I, I'm Jesus' brother? Yeah, we're, we're adopted. Brother and sister, I'm adopted. I'm brought into the family of God. Man, I have something to celebrate. I have a God that loves me, the God of the universe, the God of the entire world that made you, me, and every little mechanism in this world. He made us. And he says, listen, I love you and I care for you and I want you to be part of my family. We have something to celebrate, do we not? We really do. Paul goes in. I mean, I have so many texts here. I'm going to read Colossians 3, 9 through 17. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self. This is the, this aspect that Paul is teaching us of what's coming in the future. This aspect of putting away the sin in our lives, putting away the old self. Paul speaks of this context as we read it in Revelation 21. He says, putting off the old self with its practices... And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is not Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Sicilian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. That's who we have. We have something to celebrate. As he continues, put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has committed against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also might or must forgive. And above all, these put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Now, I'm not a musician, but I can hear when someone's off pitch, most people can, right? Like when someone sings and they don't quite hit the, the right pitch or harmony. I don't even know if I'm using the right musical term. So if I'm not, please forgive me. But we know when something doesn't sound right, right? And I love how Paul uses this in this context as we're talking about celebrating. We know when something's off. And here he's saying the thing that we need that, that binds everything together as believers is this perfect harmony which is rooted in the love of God. This is what we reflect. That's what he's talking about, being kind, being patient. This is what makes everything sound good. And he continues as he speaks and he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. I know Revelation has a lot of heavy subjects. There's a lot of things in Revelations that you can get bogged down with and overwhelmed with. But we have a peace Knowing who Christ is, we have a peace in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing what is promised for us, A, sin is gone, and B, that we are called his children. We have that peace, the confidence in the Spirit. And as Paul continues, he says this, we were called in one body, be thankful, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms. And hymns and spiritual songs and thanksgiving in your hearts to God. 
And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Listen, we have something to celebrate. As believers, those who know Jesus Christ, we have something to celebrate. We know the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and what he did for us. And we know that that work and that belief and that faith in the person of Jesus Christ is a guarantee. It's a promise. It's something we can take to the bank. It's sure and true. And we know that what we're hoping for in the future is not just some figment of our imagination. We know it's a guarantee. And as believers, we have something that we can shout from the rooftop and say, yes, thank you, Jesus. I'm so excited that sin is going to be gone. I'm so excited that I get to be called your son or your daughter. I have something to be excited about. I have something to celebrate. Do we not? We really do. Hebrews 12, 12, 27 through 29 says this. Speaking of when the Lord comes, this this phrase yet once more indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, the old is passed away. That is, things that have been made in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe For our God is a consuming fire. What is Hebrews speaking of here? We are part of a king and a kingdom that is not shaken. I mean, we walk through these battles that come. The devil's going to try many times. And he'll do it in our own life, even today. He's going to try to bring up things in our life that are going to tear us down and make us think, oh, there's no way God can withstand this. But hey, we have a God and a king and a kingdom that's not shakable. It withstands all the attacks from the devil and still remains. We have something to celebrate, don't we? We have something to get excited about, don't we? The last thing that I see in this text that's so very, very profound is that we have this, this, this aspect to celebrate. The third celebration I see in Revelation 21 is that God dwells with us. He d- dwells with us. We get to worship in person. God dwells with us. It says that there, uh, I believe it's chapter, or the third verse, behold, the dwelling place of God, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself, God himself will be with them as their God. We have something to celebrate. Not only is God telling us in Revelation 21 here that sin will be no more, all the hurts and pains and struggles of life will be gone, will be able to be called his children. And he's not one of these absent parents that aren't around. He says, no, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to dwell with you. The place that I dwell is the same place that you will dwell. Zechariah chapter 2 Verses 10 through 13 says this, Sing and rejoice, O daughters of Zion, for behold, I come, and I will dwell in your midst, declares the Lord. And many nations shall join themselves to the Lord in that day, and shall be my people. And I will dwell in their midst, and you shall know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. He has sent me to you. 
What is he talking about? We have something to get excited about and celebrate in the fact that God dwells with us. He's with us. He says, listen, the throne of heaven and the kingdom of earth, he's coming down and he says, listen, my place is with my people. I'm with you. I'll be with you. In fact, Peter speaks of this in 2 Peter chapter, 10, or chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar. And the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. That's the old being put away. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. That's judgment day. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, I love how Paul puts this in here. What sort of people ought you to be? What kind of people should the church be? Knowing this thing is happening, knowing what we have covered in Revelations, knowing that this is prophecy that will come true, how should we, the church, respond I love how Peter puts it in this way. What sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? Verse 12, waiting for the hastening and the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. That's God. This is our anticipation. This is what we're waiting for. This is what gets us motivated, if you will. This is what burns in us. This a passion, this desire, this excitement. This thing to celebrate is the fact that God himself will come down and dwell with his children, with his people. He won't abandon them, and he promises us in the scripture he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us, and he'll never abandon us. This is what we have to celebrate. There's a lot of things we have to celebrate. We get excited about a lot of different things. So the challenge to the church is this. When was the last time you got excited about what Jesus has done in your life? When was the last time you got excited? Like genuinely, authentically fired up. Hey, Jesus saved my life. Sin is no more in my life. He paid the price. I'm called his child. I've been adopted into this family. Man, if you've ever struggled, I don't know who in here has or hasn't, with being adopted or feeling alone, but knowing that you are belong to something or someone, that's powerful. If you were adopted and some family brought you in, man, you are so grateful. You're excited about that moment when someone said, hey, you matter to me. I want to. I'm going to bring you into my own. That's what he did for us, each and every one of us. This is the gospel message in the person of Jesus Christ, what's the whole book of Revelation is all about. We have something to celebrate. As I continue and look at many of the Psalms in the Old Testament, there are many, many Psalms that talk about God dwelling with us. Psalms 26, 8, O Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Psalms 27, 4 through 9. One thing I have asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. You can say that's sin. 
and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, O Lord, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Man, we have something to celebrate, do we not? And maybe you're here today and you're like, hey, Pastor John, I didn't get the invite to that party. You actually did. It was hand-delivered to you. His name was Jesus, and it was nailed on a cross, covered with his blood, and he said, this invitation is for you. It's for you. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you, you look at what we as Christians are celebrating, you're like, man, I want to be a part of that. The invitation was sent to you many years ago, and it was nailed to a cross, covered with his blood, and it says, come, come be a part of my family. Come join my family. Come celebrate and look in anticipation for the day when sin is no more, where the sorrow is no more, where he will literally wipe away our tears. And he says, there's no more mourning. You won't have to worry about death or its sting against you. Because I have put those things away and I'm making all things new. And the newness of what God brings is so incredible. We probably can't even fully fathom it. I can try to explain it, but it's not even in our heads something we can fully grasp or understand being in the presence of God dwelling with him we have a lot to celebrate as believers we celebrate the fact that one day sin will be no more that's a promise we celebrate the fact that we're his children that's a promise we celebrate the fact that one day God himself the father will dwell with us and we will be his people and we will dwell with him richly praising and worshiping who he is man that's a party you don't want to miss that's a party you don't want to miss at all there's a lot of things in this world we celebrate super bowl sunday chocolate pecan pie all kinds of things that we celebrate and those aren't bad please don't misunderstand me but as believers as the church man we have something far greater to celebrate and that thing that we have to celebrate is Jesus Christ the work he's done which gives us access to all the promises that are laid out here in Revelation 21 let's pray heavenly father thank you so much for a reminder lord of what we have to celebrate as your children what we have to celebrate and look forward to what we're anxiously waiting for to happen that is your return. Lord, I pray this morning if there's somebody in here that doesn't know who you are. Lord, they may feel like they've missed the invite to the party. Lord, I just pray that your heart would move them, would touch their heart, and they would call on you, Lord. They would look to you and your word and find out how in the world you came for them and that you loved them and that you cared for them. And it's not a complicated religious system. It's just a matter of them trusting in you, putting their faith and belief in you. Lord, I ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.